It's football time, and we scored a dime. Football's on, so let's smoke a bomb, TGIF. Last time on Thank God It's Fantasy. I hate the Cousins fans more than I hate Cousins, because they think he's a top five quarterback. Please, Sia, tell me you don't think he's a top five quarterback. Does special guest Sian Najad think Kurt Cousins is a top five fantasy quarterback? Stay tuned to find out this and so much more. Nobody thinks Kirk Cousins is a top five quarterback. No, no I'll find him for you. I'll, I'll <laughs> one of them. I do think he's better than most people give him credit for. I think he's an average, as far as NFL starting quarterbacks are concerned, I think he's slightly above average. So in fantasy, other words, though. I can live with that. I can live with above Top average. 15 quarterback in the league. I would give him yeah, something people, around there. Some people think he's as good as Mahomes. Okay. Okay, so obviously <laughs> not, he's not, but I actually think Mahomes is a little overrated, and we're about yes. to find out this season. He is. Yes, yes, yeah, he's like he's fell off year after year, especially Correct. from a fantasy perspective. Like yes. yeah. last year, he, I don't want to say he got figured out because that's just a lazy thing, but he right. kind of got figured out. I mean, like they they yeah. made him do things he was uncomfortable with, and he didn't really know how to adjust. Now you drop Tyreek Hill from the equation, you put a bunch of mm-hmm. McCole Hardmans and Sky yeah, it's yeah, it's not great. Yeah, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like, I don't know. Like, I might throw a dart at him late, but I wouldn't have any confidence in it. It sounds like you wouldn't put any money on Mahomes MVP. But do you have any uh, value? I know you're all you're all about value plays at a possible MVP, like a Justin Herbert. I don't know what he's at, but is he's he plus be- one. He's plus one thousand. That's pretty. So the 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 top four. Are Josh Allen at plus seven hundred, Patrick Mahomes plus nine hundred, then Herbert plus one thousand, and Aaron Rodgers is plus one thousand. Oh, Brady is as well. Um, and then it goes out. I mean, it's it's obviously going to be a quarterback, and it's got to be a team that is Super Bowl bound. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't usually bet that market, but if I was going to bet somebody, it would it would have to be Josh Allen, only because even though that's that's the lowest you know odds, which isn't very fun, but it's only like three points cheaper than all of those other quarterbacks I just mentioned. I, I think the Bills are probably winning it all. I think they're the best team, even in a tough AFC. And yeah. if Josh Allen stays healthy, I, I think he ends up winning. The, but that's not it's not a good enough number where I'd actually recommend that bet. I'd rather go into like there are some team futures, like from a division winner standpoint, that I think are pretty good. Like Colts was plus 105. It's now minus 125, unfortunately. I still think that's decent to win the AFC South. I think you could take a gamble on the AFC West on the Chargers or the Broncos. I'd probably lean the Chargers, but I think the yeah. Broncos have something to, to, to say about that. And then I think in terms of like, I, I don't know if sites have, uh, oh yeah, to make the playoffs. So I think there's some teams that are pretty interesting there to make the playoffs too. I'm trying to look at what Denver's the playoffs, number is. The yeah, playoffs. That's, the AFC West is tough. You're going to have game. one good team Sorry. not make it. It's going to be one good team out of the AFC West that just doesn't make it. I can't tell you who it is. Yeah, I, I Kansas City to miss the playoffs at plus one eighty five. I wish the number was a little bit better, like plus two twenty. But I don't think Kansas City's making the playoffs. I'll say it again. Well, last last I checked, the Rams like were plus money to win the NFC West. What am I missing here? The other NFC West teams aren't Seattle. Get get out of here with Seattle. Arizona fades every season. Like, what am I missing here on um, plus money for the Rams to repeat in that division? Yeah, that's weird because the only other team that that can possibly contend with them is the Niners, and that mm-hmm. assumes the quarterback position is is steady. I mean, the Niners are really good; they've got a good front seven. They're very well coached, and we'll see about the quarterback, but they certainly have the receiver threats and 
they don't need a running back. They just put in like wh- whoever they find and they're fine there. I think you could bet both of those and you're, you're still going to make money. You know what I mean? Like I would take the Rams. I'm not big on the Rams this year to like win it all again. But if you take the Rams at plus 125 and that's like your main bet and maybe you wanted to like, I don't normally recommend this, but like almost like a safety play on the Niners, like almost like a safety hedge. I, I, I don't hate that because I don't think there's any chance that Arizona or Seattle win that division. You might want to rethink Seattle because I did see that Geno Smith looked like he was beating out Drew Locke in OTAs. So, um, God, Drew Locke. Yeah, don't sleep on that. Um, oh, Geno well. Smith is so bad. Do you, do you know how bad you have to be if you're Drew Locke to not like already be ahead of Geno Smith? I actually do. I knew it was over with Drew Locke when he used Buzz Lightyear laser beam as his touchdown celebration. I, w- I was out that day. Like, I was oh, just out. <laughs> yeah. Still beats Mason Rudolph's celebration of getting smashed in the head with your own helmet. That's, yeah. that's, that's the worst one. Yes. Geno Smith has to be the perfect segue to Troy, who's patiently been waiting to talk World Series. Oh, that's a great segue to World Series of Poker. Actually, I do want to hear about that, too. Let's get on to it, Godfather. Well, Sia, thanks for spending time with us. Um, I can't play cards at all. Period. The end. Colors, shapes, and numbers make my head explode. Hmm. But I spend a ton of time with lawyers. So my question is, when you're sitting down to play some cards, what's some things where your world crosses over and kind of combines into one one big mind meld about I learned this somewhere else. I'm going to do this on the, on the, on the table. And uh, if you can share with anybody how to do that so that uh, goods can earn me some money someday, I'd appreciate it. So I, I don't know that I applied my legal skills and lawyer acumen to poker, but there's no way for me to know that, but it's possible. Intimidation and, and nonverbals, right? Yeah, so I to me the the name of the game with poker is is reading everybody else, and it's not like yeah, the, in, it's it's not in the classical sense of like oh that guy twitched he's nervous like yeah you can pick up on that sometimes guys who are like generally newer to the game but it to me it's all about bet sizes and position and what people are are trying to accomplish are they doing something just because they're in position they feel like they have to do that or are they doing something because they actually have a good hand and I think like what's really underestimated when it comes to poker and something I tried to employ, especially day two, day three, day four of the world series of poker was like, why, why is this guy doing what he's doing? And if I can answer that question, if the answer isn't because he has a good hand, I'm very comfortable like coming over top. I'll give you an example. Day two of the world series of poker. um, I walked into day two with only like 16,000 chips, which was really low. We start with 50K. I had a bad day one. I just played bad. I didn't get unlucky necessarily. I just played poorly. And so I'm kind of down on my luck. But fortunate for me, I woke up with a couple good hands early. I took took out some long hair guy who showed up to the table late, which was super strange. He was like kind of <laughs> drunk. He showed up late. He was the guy who... Um, it it might have been good. No, he had long hair. It was in 2006. He was... In 2007, he finished seventh overall. That's all I remember about him. I don't remember his name, but he was like a good poker player. I cracked him with aces because I kept pushing people around and he just assumed I didn't have anything when I happened to have aces. Uh It was so perfect. So he had had some outs, but he didn't hit them up. So I doubled up there, but then there was a guy at my table that was the chip leader. And I could tell he wasn't a very good player. And I could also tell that he thought that because he was the chip leader, he needed to play like the chip leader's game. 
like push people around. And I could tell he was really uncomfortable doing that. He didn't think he, he looked like that, but I could tell he was really uncomfortable doing that. So anytime I did the most sophomore poker moves, like your classic, like check raises and stuff. And like, you name it, <laughs> like the easiest stuff in the book, I would get him out of hands or, or just basically trap him and, and force him to like put value into a hand that he didn't belong in into the first place. And so that's sort of how I built my stack. So that's a long way of answering your question, but it's, it's really about just being patient. And the moment I sit down at a table, whether it's the one time I played in the World Series of Poker or whether it's at the Hard Rock or with my friends, I have a read on everybody at the table within five to six hands. Now, granted, there are times where that's wrong, but I'm usually able to pinpoint within five, and six, five or six hands who are the guys that I want to go after and who are the guys I'm legitimately afraid of going after. And I can tell you in the World Series of Poker, that cost me. Day two... I built up the fourteen or 15,000 I walked in to that morning with. I built it up to like 130,000 over like six or seven hours. It was like pretty big. And I got involved in a huge hand where my full house got cracked by another full house with the one guy I didn't want to get into a big hand with. It was, just happened to be the one guy that I didn't want to get in. What ended up happening was there were like five people in the hand. I flopped... Um, Two, I can't remember. I flopped two pair, but the point is, is I checked it and there were some bets and I raised, I thought I was going to take the hand down right there. So what happened was that guy stayed in. He had aces. I had tens. The turn card comes out. It's a, it's a third queen, which gives me a boat. It also gives him a boat, the better boat. Uh, fifth card was a rag. I was betting super aggressively. Long story short, if I had won that hand, I would have, I would have had like, 300,000 chips. And I would probably would have been in like the top, like 3%, 2% of the, of the entire tournament. But the, the, the point was I got up to 130 grand because I was able to take advantage of that one guy that I wanted to pick on. And I lost <laughs> almost the entire 30, 130 grand of chips because I got involved with the guy I didn't want to get involved in. Granted, that was kind of bad luck, but still, I didn't want to play with that guy. I ended up getting a big hand with him and I lost like three fourths of my stack. That hurts. Yeah. Uh-huh. It- so, see, what year did you play? And also, I, I dealt the World Series of Poker in 13 and 14. So, oh, just, shit, dude. That's cool. All, all wild stories. Just the craziest beats you'll ever see. I bet. There's, there's, I can tell you about pros that sat there for 36 hours that didn't have a dollar to their name that you've seen on TV, you know, by the end. It, it was wild, but. I don't think a lot of those pros that are aggressive think about it like that as I don't want to go against this guy. I think they think about it as, yes, I want to pick on this guy, but I think when they own the table, they want to own them all. So I, I hadn't heard that strategy before, but I agree with it. Well, keep in mind though, that it's very rare that I'm telling myself, I don't want to, I don't want to be in a big hand with this guy. Like, so in other words, I'm usually like, I'm usually neutral on a couple of players and I'm usually like, all right, I want to pick on this guy if I can, if the situation is right. And then there's usually one or two guys where I'm like, all right, th- these are elite players. And when I say elite, part of, part of what I'm saying is like courageous because these are guys that like, they're, they're not afraid to go over top. If they sense any weakness they, and I'm, I'm playing with, you know, something like a middling hand, like not a bad hand, but a middling hand, but I think I'm ahead. They're going to like three bet me. And I'm like, like, those are the guys I generally want to stay away from unless I have a dominant hand. That, that's really what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm with you. I try to avoid the guys that are willing to push it all with a draw, flush draw, straight draw. I just, I, 
I don't draw out well against them in general. I just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I just sort of run bad against that crew. I, I kind of like going against old timers who play usually the nuts or mm-hmm. nothing. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll grab if they stay in a hand, forget it. I'm, I feel like I'm dead already. You know, these older guys. <laughs> but, uh, sorry. All, all, 2018 is when I played. Okay. I finished um, 1009th. So I made it to day four, uh, which is m- means I was in the cash. Like we, 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 as you know, like the night of n- night three was when we all like were clapping and we all made it. So morning comes, I'm pretty short stacked at that moment. I had pocket fives. This guy had ace king, bunch of raises, and uh, we go all in. And the the card in the window is a king. So I'm like, all right, that's kind of anticlimactic. I yeah. lose. Did you survive the like all in push after the cash or like? You know, 150 people bust because they just made they just min cashed and like a bunch of people pushed immediately or were you a part so, of it? So to be honest, I from what I remember when we all made the cash, like we kind of went overtime and you you know how it goes. They go hand for hand until like yeah. they finally get that last person out. It might have been that might have been like the last hand because we were like an hour or two over. So as soon as they deemed everybody like, all right, you've you've made the cash they asked us to like wrap up our chips or like put them in the, in the bag and whatnot. I think that's how it went down because I don't remember playing any hands after that. I just remember like everybody clapping and cheering. I I don't remember anything. Sometimes if it's super late, you know, like if they're, they're just trying to wrap up the day and it's just because that hand for hand is brutal. It is. No, just Mm -hmm. terrible. There, There was a guy that was getting yelled at at our table because he knew it was hand for hand. So he was going super slow every single hand and pretending like he was thinking about every single move. I didn't care because I didn't, you know, I wanted to make the money too, but there were some veterans at the table that were like, dude, we know what you're doing. Like it's, it's too much. Like he was literally every single time it was on him, whether it was pre-flop, post-flop, you name it, turn card. He was like contemplating a bet or a call and he would take somewhere between like 45 and like 90 seconds every single time. He put his sunglasses on, he did the whole <laughs> song and dance every time. Purposely tanking that guy, the purposely tanking guy. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's rough. Uh, wow. Uh, did you, what did you think of the personnel you saw like at the world series? Crazy, right? All kinds of different people. Yeah. So you, a lot of like, yeah, a lot of veterans, but a lot of people who like clearly like me were like kind of playing for the first time, some more obvious than others very quirky individuals, a lot of people who were taking it much less seriously than others, a lot of people that were super dialed in. I didn't want to miss a single hand. Uh, there were people that would like leave for five minutes and come back. And I'm like, I don't know, man, you could have gotten dealt your Kings or, or aces right there. I don't know. So like, that's just like, my mentality is like so different. Like I'm locked in every single hand. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people. So I was in the main room though. So for day one, yeah, day one, I was in that main ESPN room, like where they have like, and I was like right behind Negranu and a bunch of other people. That was pretty, I was actually on TV for like five seconds, like on ESPN, which is pretty cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I have one last card question. Nice. As a man who will never win a single hand, even in uh, Fremont Street or the Rogue River, how can I bet the farm and win at war? Oh, at war. I love that war is an actual game at casinos now. What is it good for, though? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. It'll take a minute before I get back this time. (laughs) Uh, You just keep playing. That's how you win in war. 
you just keep you keep playing. Appreciate Throw your time. Thank serious. you, sir. <laughs> yeah. We'll do some gambling. We'll do some gambling when you come to town. It'll be fun. Be yeah, time. no, seriously. I, like I said, I, um, basically my itinerary is Wednesday night we do our draft at, in like this big suite in the Vidara. And then Thursday we were doing the game, maybe at Circa because we'd never done that before. And then I should be there. I might have a show Thursday, so I'm going to have to figure that out. Like I might go to, I might ask Rick Gaiman, who I do the, the first cut podcast with, if I can like use his house for a studio. Cause I have the um, fantasy football today, DFS podcast, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So that's a little tricky. Um, but then I'll, I should be there Friday and Saturday. I may leave Sunday though. Damn, you going to have Stevie Oki or Dead Mouse at this I fantasy draft? You, or? I'd love to Not buy yet. you green tea. green tea on me. So yeah, I'll buy nice. you. Somewhere. I'm in. Yeah, but that local honey won't do anything for you. See, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, can I ask you real quick, what's your teams? Like, who do you root for? What's your football team? What's your basketball team? So behind me is Santana Moss holding yes. up the, the 21 for yeah. Sean Taylor. I, I'm a big Washington fan from my family. Like, I grew up in it. Um, when I grew up in the D.C. area. So, okay. yeah. So, I like, Washington is where most of my loyalty is from a sports standpoint. But I'm pretty much a D.C. fan. So, Washington Capitals. Washington Wizards. I grew up um, kind of liking baseball, but that was when we didn't have the Nationals. We just had the Orioles. So I pretty much root for the Orioles more than I root for the Nationals. But to be honest with you, I don't really watch baseball too much anymore. So I don't really have much by way of loyalties there. So it's, yeah. it's oh, and I'm a Georgetown Hoyas fan who, by the way, went 0 19 in the Big East uh, this, this year. Which is literally, like, I didn't even think that was possible for any team to, to do. But uh, yeah, so Georgetown. Washington uh, Commanders now football team. I prefer football team. I like the football team. Yeah. 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 Better than Commanders. Commanders is bad. Commanders is objectively bad. Football team was fine. I I, I can tell you on a side note, like I know we're not supposed to say the, the other word, like Redskins. This Washington Redskins hot take sponsored by Chris Whittingham's Fancy Lad brand anal floss. Are you uptight enough? Are you sure? Just try and slide some Fancy Lad brand anal floss between your cheeks. If it fits, you're not wound tightly enough and should immediately correct someone's grammar for pronunciation and restore proper tautness. Chris Whittingham's Fancy Lad brand anal floss. The gentleman needs to be sure. Chris Whittingham Fancy Lad anal floss does not protect in any way from a blind dry soccer ball to the penis. Just to give you some history. I um before I'm married now, but before my current wife, I, I dated a girl for seven years who was American Indian, Native American. I'm, I'm not sure what the proper nomenclature is. They're Native American, I guess. And I just want to put it out there. It's not my opinion; it's hers. She loved the name. Her family not loved the name. They took great pride in the name. And I only bring mm-hmm. that up not because I'm saying that the people who didn't like the name are wrong. Like I, I understand yeah. that's a very good argument, and it does right. sound objectively um, like a slur. But I just want to say that some of the voices weren't heard on the other side. And as an attorney, it really pains me that all the voices aren't heard or some voices get stopped on. That's why I'm a big yeah. like First Amendment ad- advocate, even when it's speech that people don't like. I, that speech needs to be heard because the speech that people don't like, you might be on the other side of that. You might be on in the minority right. one day and all of a sudden you want your voice to be heard, but it gets squashed by something. So I don't like people going to get like banned on Twitter. I'm not a Trump fan, by the way, but like I don't like yeah. people to get banned on Twitter because w- what does that mean 10 years from now when somebody that I'm aligned with gets banned on Twitter because right. somebody else in power decides that their speech is harmful? So when it comes to that, the old Washington name, I, I just wanted to put it out there that I know I happen to know people and dated people and they're, you know, knew their families that 
took great pride in that name. And I just feel like since we brought it up, it's not something I normally talk about, but mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily sharing my opinion on it. I'm literally sharing somebody who was Native American, who is Native American, who had an opinion on it. I would only offer this, that at least your team changed their name to something that's reasonable instead of a traffic bridge like the Cleveland baseball team. What, is, what, what are they now? <laughs> they, they changed to the Guardians because there are, there's a bridge in that city in Cleveland that has uh, a giant carving, giant limestone carving of these two traffic uh, uh, kind of Roman angels, and they were the guardians. And that was back from the you know, uh, 1930s through World War II. They were a big deal. And uh, instead of going spiders, a historic name, or yeah. something new and, and kitschy uh, that matches the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they picked a traffic bridge. Uh, <laughs> you. So I you got that going like, for you at least. I feel like the Cleveland, Cleveland. Canal fi- the Cleveland Canal fires would have had a nice ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> Flaming River Brewery is a great brewery to go to when you make it to Cleveland for sure. I've been there. I actually enjoy Cleveland. Rock and Hall of Fame is fantastic. Uh, see, I was almost a, uh, I'll say Redskins fan, uh, 1986. So I'm mm. four, 42. In 1986, the first football game I ever watched was the Broncos and the uh, Redskins Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Wow. Yeah. And my, my grandpa asked me, you know, I, I live in Wisconsin. I'm in Green Bay country. I've never been a Green Bay fan. My grandpa asked me what team I like, and I said I like the orange team. Uh, if I would have been more of a fan of Maroon, I would have been a Redskins fan my entire That's life. That's amazing. <laughs> so I can tell you, I was in um, – my dad still lives in the house that we were living in back then during that game where Doug Williams was the first black quarterback yeah. to win a Super Bowl, by the way, yeah. uh, but the quarterback yeah. in Washington at the time. And um, – as you remember, maybe we were down ten nothing to yes, Denver. I, that's when I picked the Broncos. <laughs> oh, pretty, okay. Front running, I love it. We're so, going to um, win it this year. Yes, this is our year. Yeah. Half time happens. It, well, the second quarter happened. Oh, yeah, down. that's right. Yeah, you're even, five yeah. touchdowns in the second Ooh, quarter. That is right. Yeah, and that was ball game. It was crazy. Forty-two ten. I left crying. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I went so in Denver. A, a, I know it's a diehard Broncos fan for the first quarter. And I left being like, I've made a huge mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I appreciate that guys. The uh, Washington team beat the Vikings in the NFC title game. One of the horrific losses for me, even though I was seven years old at the time. Yeah. Um, Ron, can I, can I tell my Washington Redskins name story? I think you have to. I kind of have to. This completely inappropriate joke sponsored by... Tony C's Duck Farm. Tony C's, where our motto is, ducks are free, but not these ducks. You gotta pay for these ducks, bro. Tony C's. Okay, I was trying to think of a happy medium for the Washington Redskins when this came up, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I agree, you can't completely take away the history of a franchise. There's a lot of important things that came with that, right? And, and honestly, there's a lot of growing up for people from what it used to be 30 years ago to what it was the day that they changed the name. People thought of it differently. Mm-hmm. I wanted yeah. to find something all encompassing. So I kind of think there was, there's many different shades of, of people's skin color in the world, but it basically comes down to four primary colors. So I thought the Washington foreskins would be a really nice <laughs> name to put in there. <laughs> hey, it, 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 it would fit with the fight song. You could right. still sing the fight song without skipping. Oh, a beat. Exactly. Some it's excellent fantastic. marketing opportunities in there yeah. as well. Some yeah. of them, my head goes right to the logos. Yeah. There's some Speaking of head. Yeah. Choppy, the foreskin running around on the sidelines, throwing yeah. little, little fruit roll-ups out to the kids in the crowd. This will, this is it's a missed opportunity. Get, 
<laughs> this is what's going to get Dan Snyder removed as owner. He'll, he'll, well, he'll no, we this. need to send. We need to, we need to clip this and send it to Dan Snyder. I think that I think we can turn back. Yeah, uh-huh. little, little guillotine I, running down the sideline chasing him. I don't him and, think you have a lot of commander defenders at this point. Mm-mm. Okay, Carson Wentz. G- give me your argument for Carson Wentz because I've uh, heard everything against. I, I, <laughs> I can't give you a good argument for Carson Wentz. Uh, I can give you the argument that it's possible that if all of your other weapons, including your offensive line, are above average, mm-hmm. that – any quarterback of Carson Wentz's ilk, which I would put him yeah. firmly in like the Matt Ryan camp at this point, an Agreed. immovable object that a pretty bright guy has a relatively strong arm, can't move the pocket, um, you know, three seconds and the ball better be out or yep. a turnover is happening. Uh, so the only way that works is if everything else is firing on all mm-hmm. cylinders. I don't think Washington is really in that position, but I do think they have some talent on the outside. I think they have some talent in the running back room. I think their offensive line is average. Mm-hmm. has the potential to be above average, but it's probably going to be average to below average. So I don't really think this is the team or the fit for Wentz. I would have yeah. preferred them go after somebody that can kind of move the pocket, buy some time, maybe somebody with a more a little bit more electricity in their legs. But I think what I'm hearing in camp is Carson looks okay, but that doesn't mean much to me. Yeah. I think Washington is a little bit better than people think they are. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's because of Carson Wentz, but I do think Carson Wentz is an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. I like Taylor Heineke, yeah. but yeah. he's he's not Carson Wentz, and he no. certainly doesn't have the arm strength of Carson Wentz. I'll take some Antonio Gibson and redress. Well, the problem there is yeah. not only did they bring McKissick back, but they drafted mm. Brian Robinson from yes. Bama. Who, uh, well, let me take that back in the right <laughs> round. <laughs> in the right round. There you go. There you yeah. go. I kind of th- I think a sneaky place for Mayfield to end up if Wentz doesn't look good in camp is actually Washington. Yeah, I, I had this discussion with somebody, I think either before – oh, no, immediately when we got Wentz, I said I'd probably rather have Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I just, I just would. I, I don't think Baker's great, but I also think he was really injured last year, and I think he's good enough. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it's kind of six of one, half a dozen to the other, I guess, but yeah. – uh, it, this season could go really well for Washington or it could go really, really poorly. And unfortunately, I think it does come down to how good Carson Wentz is going to be. Yeah. As a segue from that, this is going to be a great segue. Uh, he's got the goods, dude, uh, with Baker Mayfield and uh, the Dan Lebetard show. Uh, how did you first get like connected with him? Like, how did like in the Cody verse? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was because of Cody. So you guys, um, we talked about my lawyer background. So, I moved down to South Florida in 2007. I didn't, I hadn't taken the Florida bar yet. And I had like, I was licensed in Virginia, but there's no reciprocity. You have to come down here and do everything all over again. So I kind of moved down here on a whim. I took the bar, but I didn't have any job lined up because like, who's going to hire me? I haven't even taken the Florida bar yet. So I passed the Florida bar. I started looking for work and my buddy Jordan was working in a building where Chris Cody's mom was working. So he got me an interview with, Chris Cody's mom, Erlene, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. And Erlene was like the main person in the office. It was uh, a guy named Michael Carney and Erlene Cody, who are both still in this office, which is like two blocks from where I'm sitting right now. And I walk into Erlene's office. I'll never forget. She's like so nice. And uh, she's like kind of cool. Like, so it wasn't like, a, like immediately when I walked in, it wasn't a nervous feeling at all. And one thing led to another. We're like five minutes into the interview and she's like, yeah, so... Um, we've got a retreat coming up where the whole firm goes to Marco Island and, you know, a lot of people drink and, you know, have a good time. She was like, so do you drink? 
And I'm like, yeah, no, of course. Yeah, I drink. And and like right then I was like, I have the job. Cause I like, like, like that was like definitely like a decisive <laughs> question for her. Um, but what's cool is so Chris ended up working there um uh, soon after I started there as an attorney. And he was like kind of like in the copy room and kind of helping out doing stuff like that. And Chris and I just, you know, he's like such a good dude, right? And so like he is, fun. man. So Cody and I hung out a lot. Like I was kind of like, I always slacked off at work. I I literally would walk around the firm, which was on one level with like a Nerf football. And I would just like throw around with people. And sometimes I'd work and sometimes I wouldn't. Or lean kind of like put up with a lot from me. So me and Chris and Michael Cody, Michael Cody worked there too. We'd always hang out. Yeah, Michael Cody, shout. Oh, Michael Cody's great. He's, I mean, you guys, you guys know. Michael Cody's hilarious. He's, he's. He's he's like a talented kid, really. It's just it. it well, I feel like we need to hear more from him, or he needs his own podcast or something. The guy's really funny. So, long story short, I, Erlene, I, I was like Erlene's right hand man, so to speak. So, um, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving, sometimes she'd invite me over. Uh, so, obviously, I got to meet Greg and and, and re- remain friends with Chris. What's really funny? So, I've only met Dan Levitard once, and it's, you know especially back then, this was a uh, Orlean's 60th birthday party. So I'm, I'm just ballparking it. That's like three or four years ago. I had just, Oh, it was four or five years ago. I had just left um, practicing law and she has her 60th birthday party and it's on this big boat. And I'm like, kind of like, by the way, at this point, I'm not really in the media at all. So I, I like want to meet Dan Levitard. Like I like, Dan Levitard, you know, yeah. he's, a, he's a big, I listen to him on the radio. I really like, I just, it's a show I was already listening to, you know, even before like meeting the Cody's and whatnot. And uh, so long story short, I'm like waiting for the right moment to meet him and try to make a good first impression. I know from knowing him that I'm not going to probably sit down and have a long conversation with him. So I've got probably like, you know, make a good impression for five to 10 seconds, maybe make a funny joke and, and, and move along. Hopefully he'll remember you, that kind of thing. So what happens is we're going to like the second level of the boat for whatever reason, just to just to like get some air or something. It's me and my wife who's dressed in this like nice blue dress, which is an important part of the story. And it's and we're trying to walk up these stairs. And Dan is right there with his dad. Uh, Poppy is is there as well. And Greg is there. So we're all trying to get up this like narrow staircase on this boat, but like, we're like patiently waiting and they let, like, I, I just let like my wife, her name's Gigi. I let her like go up first. And Dan has her, his back to her. He turns around and starts to see her walk up and just like stares, but not stares in like a creepy way. Like stares like, Oh, that's somebody I don't know. That's walking up the steps. Well, of course, Greg Cody right there says, so I'm trying to remember the exact words, but it was something to the effect of, uh, Dan, you want to stare a little longer? <laughs> and I'm sitting there like at this point, like white face. Cause I'm like within like two feet of Dan. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know my wife. And Greg has completely put this man on the spot, probably wrongfully, but nonetheless, many, it's, uh, it's super, how many Miller lights he's had at that point. Super awkward in that moment. And so I'm like, Oh, cool. This is my moment to be introduced to Dan. So Dan fires back with like, Greg, what do you, he said something like kind of nervously awkward. Like, Oh, what are you talking about? I'm just like, I'm just waiting to go up the stairs. And then Greg's like, Oh, Hey, uh, Hey Dan, this is uh Sia Najad. He, he worked at the law firm with her lane. I'm like, okay, great. And so Dan didn't even look me in the eye at that point. He felt <laughs> super awkward. And so that was like literally the only time I've ever had communication with Dan Levitard. Thank you. Greg Cody. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> that is an amazing story. That is incredible. 
And I love that Greg and Dan are like that with each other. Just yes, yes. that's yeah. not an act. A hundred percent. Yep. See, I did want to ask you because I think you said you listened to our first part of our draft where yep. we were drafting Levitard people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you a minute if you want to get your list together. I would love to hear your list from six to one uh, oh, wow. or one okay. six, however you want to do it of how you would draft in that position. Anybody in the in the Levitard universe? Yeah, well, we we did have 30 specific, but I, I would be willing to hear anyone you had, honestly. Uh, it's a big talking point between all of us because all of us think we drafted the best team. Of course. Um, only one of us is right, which is me. Uh, and it's it's been a big – it was a lot of fun for us. We had a great time. It was better than any fantasy football draft I've ever done, in my opinion. So That's true. I, it was a lot was, of fun. That's a really cool idea. Did, just out of curiosity, like, did any of you – like? tweet and tag not that you should or shouldn't know but tweet and tag like any of the cody oh, we did Love too much maybe honestly we, <laughs> we really it was a little aggressive yes engagement and didn't didn't we came up a little short there but uh yeah we were actually, to me. <laughs> as true man jessica yeah we got re- reply from jess oh that's yeah we nice. did that's right there were a couple people that did reply but uh we all are very strongly opinionated about the lebitard universe and how we feel about it, and so it was. It was a good. It was a good time. I I got no regrets about it. You know. All right. So I have my yes. six. This impromptu draft from the Dan Levitard Show Universe, sponsored by the Limited Fake Factor Phil Gala Invitational, LFD PGI, fulfilling the fantasy needs of customers who get the show since 2021. Uh, an OLI and then five backwards to one. Ooh, OLI. Dan, now, just before you before you say your list, we are what we said about it was if you could have a week's worth of Levitard shows with these people, we ended up having like a, a starting five. It was this is who you're drafting out of this group of thirty. Who would you want to see together? You know that type of stuff. So generally, what we're asking you is. Who are your first rounders? You know, that your dynamic first round Levitard show people. Okay. Uh, okay. And, and okay. So based on what I listened to, I think I'm doing this, right? Of course I'm cheating because I just get to pick six where you guys actually had to have, <laughs> right? Right. You get the full universe. Okay. So I'm going to start, this is going to surprise you actually. Um, anybody in the universe. I really like this guy. He's kind of annoying, in terms of like like how he sounds and no it's not it's not billy corbin it's not him. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> it's david sampson oh it's no where's capo we need loves this oh no yeah this I'm is a, amazing by the way i'm a big fan of david sampson i, I think he, he's really smart and you know sometimes you, you know how he is right sometimes he's like that whole argument he got in with Chris, you know, about it, like, like David's emotionless about everything and it's all business. And it's like, all right, like that's a little much sometimes. Like it's, it's like not necessarily a hundred percent sincere, I think sometimes, but I like his insight. I think his insight's fascinating. Like that executive, I was inside the clubhouse. I was inside the the boardrooms, all that stuff. So Samson is number six and his podcast is good too. The um, nothing personal pod. I don't listen to it every day, but when I do listen to it, it's, it's usually pretty great. Number five is 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 Dan Levitar. Uh, that's what, he fell in our draft. That's amazing. That is. Oh my god. We got to say goods. 
How dare you, Sia? That's what I said to all of them when he fell the five. That's what I say to you. How dare you, sir? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there's there's an argument that Dan could be up to the, like the three spot, but he's no higher than that. Or number one. Nah, wow. nah. He, like I get, he's captain of the ship, and he, he he's the one that like, ultimately pulls all the strings. But he's Is it because he checked out your wife. you you have to understand like what my personality is like that that like the reverse is true like his his stock would go up if he checked out my wife i'd be like dan levitard checked out my wife that's freaking awesome like and and, like honestly maybe he was i just don't want to like be creepy or like be like a dick and be like he definitely was but like the point is that would like if he was and if he like was like yeah she's really hot he he would have been in the three spot easily oh my god this is awesome Okay, so Dan's number five. Um, Greg Cody's number four. Uh, Greg's I, Greg's like kind of like I think a, like a perfect fit for the show. He also had me on his podcast, so I feel like I owe yep. him a top five spot. Um, Greg's just so quirky. He's like a good dude. He's good for the show. Um, probably needs to be on a little bit more to be honest with you. But all right, so we got Samson, we got Levitard, we got Greg Cody. Three might surprise you. Two's definitely going to surprise you. Does anybody want to guess who number three is? A surprise at three. It's he, he's a core he's a core um, member though. Roy, I say Roy. Yeah, it's not. I would have gotten Mike. Maybe I don't. Mike is so strong though. I don't. People, I'll guess Mike. People. No, it's not. It's Billy. Yeah, he's hilarious. Off my back-to-back uh, picks, I, I I went six in the first round, you know, in the snake draft. So I got to go uh, six and seven, and so I took Billy and uh, Greg. Oh, good for you, Billy. Billy. Billy's hilarious. Like he's got that like sort of deadpan, dry sense of humor that like basically anything he says i kind of chuckle at I, I just think it's it's brilliant that type of comedy is like right up my alley so billy is in the three what spot. do you mean hey oh <laughs> evil cat billy um two is definitely gonna surprise <laughs> me anybody want to guess he's not a he's not a core member not a core member uh I'm oh, gonna, out of hope i'm gonna go with i mean i'm i'm jealous of carl douglas because i want to be the attorney Hey, we need an attorney yeah. on this show. This Carl's a little Carl's thing. a little much sometimes, in my opinion. Um, who did you? Who was the other guest? I guess Amin Al Hassan. Amin's growing on me. I didn't like him at the beginning, but he's actually definitely growing on me. Um, he's it's not Amin. Ron McGill. Wait. Oh, Cortez. No, it's not Ron McGill. I don't. Cowards. I'm not super Amici? into not that. Amici? It's not Amici. No. But you're you're close. We were trying to stump you, man. You're close because you're getting towards an athlete, and this is an athlete. Ah. Now it's easy, guys. Name? Oh, Ricky. Ricky. Name? Ricky. Who said Ricky? Ricky. Oh, Ta fucking dog. Eric. Eric. Yeah. That's such a good one. Ricky's awesome, man. I, I don't. I, to be honest with you, I'm not like really. I, most of us aren't really bought into like the astrology stuff, but the manner in which he, he couches it makes it kind of make sense. And the, the reality is, even if you don't believe in the astrology side of the reasoning, he clearly knows people. Like he clearly knows how to like, ma- like massage a situation or, or like, um, I, I, you know, figure out relationships and things of that nature. I think he's, he's really just super brilliant. I, not, brilliant's not the right word. I think he's just very insightful. And anytime he talks, 
I'm completely dialed in every single time he's been on the show. Uh I make sure I listen to that segment. If I'm listening to the podcast afterward, like I I make sure I listen to the entire Ricky Williams segment because it's so insightful. Yeah, what a wisdom, like the the old wise man, you know, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I love him. I wish I felt about my life the way he feels about his few regrets. You know, he just kind of made his choices, was himself the whole time. I, he, he is awesome. And he smokes more weed. <laughs> That's probably it. Um, the thing is, he the thing about Ricky, he's very decisive with his choices, I think. And I think that's really important, whether it was smoking weed or getting a divorce from his wife or like he's he's like courageous enough to like do what he wants to do. And I think a lot I think we could all learn a lesson from that. I, I just I think we're all just kind of like, I kind of want to do that, but like, I don't know if that's like the right thing to do, like social norms. Like he's like, no, this is what I want to do. I'm going to figure out how to do it. I think that's like a really good way to be happy in life. Um, and number one, of course, it, you, you guys, it has to be. It, has to be. it yeah. has to be. It has to be Chris Cody. And now it looks more legit since he's your number one. That's right. A little validation. <laughs> <laughs> he's the glue. He's the glue guy. You hang with Chris now ever or, or anything? I, I try to. I mean, he's really busy. I'm really busy. But the, the few times that I've like tried to hang out with him, because he doesn't live that far from me. He's like, she's 10 minutes down the road. Um, the Stugatz has been kind of strong in him lately, like where, you know, he's like a people pleaser. So he'll be like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I can hang out. But like when it comes down to it, like he's, he's too busy. So like, I, like, it's fine because he's he's helped me out like along the way a little bit too in terms of like trying to get my name out there here and there he has at least um so i don't press him too hard but i'm hoping we'll hang out sometime soon i have an entry for you see to get back to your friendship with with chris cody Mm. um offer to buy him some old fashions at foxy brown there in fort lauderdale because if you're not going to foxy brown you're not doing it right for uh good food and good beverages right there in fort lauderdale just from the downtown area I, I live um, literally because Foxy Brown just moved their location. I live three blocks from Foxy Brown. So I am going to, t- I'm going to text him tomorrow and I'm going to be like, meet me at Foxy Brown for an old fashioned. And I'm going to let you guys know how that response went. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Make sure you pick the right bartender because sometimes it's for shit, but sometimes they're amazing. Wait, are, do you live in this area? No, but I've spent a lot of time there on uh, minor vacations with family. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. See, you, yeah. weren't, you weren't at Minnie Moss, Miami, were you, this last fall? No, I wasn't. I wanted to go. Actually, I actually had a friend that, was, that flew down from New Jersey, and he actually asked me if I could go. But for whatever reason, I, I wasn't able to go. I can't remember why. Well, I'm going to say I'm glad you're not, because if, if I would have found out that you were there and I didn't say hello to you, I, I would have I been very upset with myself. <laughs> Fair enough. It was an awesome time, bit of an intimate setting. All of the people from the show were really like friendly. And I actually got to witness Greg and Dan's dynamic. So it was just amazing to see them the way they are. Like it was incredible. So that's awesome. They're like really cool guys to be around. Like, like I said, I haven't been around Dan a lot, but like being around like Greg and and Chris, which I've been around them quite a bit. Like, it's just like, it's like normal. It's like, it's just fun. It's a fun and normal and uh, hilarious at the same time. For sure. I think that's why we all love them so much. They just seem like they're, you know, real. So, right. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate your time. Like, I don't want to keep you too long. Like this has been, this has been, I could ask you everything about, (laughs) 
yeah. come back again and, and talk about lawyering and uh, more of Good's losing ways and help him be a better gambler. Uh, uh, he a bunch of money. <laughs> no, I'm happy to come back and, and hang out with you guys, actually. Yeah, it's been um, a great time. I, I appreciate you guys uh, uh, having a chat with me. Yeah, thank hey, you, Sam. Appreciate if it. If we have someone drop out of the league, will you be our 12th? What kind of league is it? Is it like a like a like a standard? You yeah. know, here, here's why I asked you if it was a ten or twelve uh, team league. I got to tell you, I know it sounds kind of weird to twelve team people, but if you're in a ten team league and you only have four teams make the playoffs, you can have your playoff structure so that it's two weeks per round. And to me, that is by far the best setup because hmm. you can survive like the random injury mm-hmm. in the first quarter or like the, the flat game or whatever. So all of my leagues happen to be ESPN leagues and they all happen, my three big leagues that I play, they all happen to be 10 team leagues with four teams making the playoff. So it's not wow. like you, like you still, like you have 40% of, of teams making the playoff. So it's a little bit harder than the 12 team because usually you guys have six with two people on a buy. But I'm just saying like, I, I hate working in like in a 12 team league, I'm, I'm crushing it. I'm like, whatever, 11 and one, however many weeks you play 11 and two. And then I get in the playoffs and I have one flat spot. And all of a sudden, like the seven seed takes me out because they had one right. guy that like went off where if, if I had the two week cumulative scores, then I could be like, all right, well, at least I have a chance to come back. Cause I have the better team. I'm just putting yeah, it out. And the true best team really does win in a two week uh, format like that. And yeah, even if it doesn't, you feel better about the fact that you at least had a two week sample size to prove right. how good right. your team was. That's great. Hey, I'm down for a second 10 team league if Sia would join us for sure. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. If you guys do one, I'll, I'll probably be able to do it. Last place eats at the Waffle House for whatever that. Uh, no, Chris Long did that, didn't he? On that. Yeah. That's not Steve Martin, anybody. I think you should have to work at the damn Waffle House for a <laughs> shift. Yeah, see just, about that. Oh, yeah. Work at the Waffle House. Oh, at least apply. Apply yeah, and do the interview. Got to do the interview. Yeah, the job <laughs> yes. interview. Yeah. So just yes. smoke out back with the cook. Learn to oh, yeah. hands. <laughs> How's that punishment, though, I believe that is, I, be, I believe that is the job interview at Waffle House. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they take you out by the dumpster and burn one and show you how to throw hands. If you work in hand, Waffle House, you got to know how to fight. the application is probably <laughs> the interview. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good. Thanks again, Sia. Much appreciated. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We sure appreciate it. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. See ya. We'll do it again. Take care. See you guys. Uh, He said it. (laughs)